Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi there, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Again, uh, third week on, uh, Heather is still busy with uh, other things, so they can't have been here for this week, but hopefully some good news there is that Heather should be with us back next week so we can have a proper discussion about something we're not sure yet, uh, but uh, it's looking pretty good that we will both be here next week, which is absolutely fantastic because doing these with Heather is so much more fun. I think... I owe Mike $5 now, regardless. <laughs> uh, so this week we're doing something a little bit more light-hearted. We've done a couple of uh, fairly intense topics for Pride Month, uh, which are very important, but we're just going to go into a bit more of a, a simple, lighter topic, and this one involves uh, a passion of both Heather and myself, and a lot of people who I know now, uh, and that is Dungeons and Dragons, specifically 5th edition. That's the main edition that I have been playing. Uh, we talked about this a little bit beforehand. Uh, I believe Heather started with 4th edition, uh, and I started with 5th edition uh, in 2015. So I've been playing for about 5 years now. Oof, that's, that's wild. But that's not what this is about. This is about new players who are potentially looking at joining the game. And this is something we're going to look at in regards to the original classes for for the game, which you can find all in the player's handbook. You can also find a few of them in the basic rules, uh, sort of standard document, which you can get on the Wizards of the Coast website. Uh, so if you don't have the player's handbook, but you want to have a look through some of these, you can still look through some of them. Uh, the other ones uh, are just in the player's handbook if you would like to look at them. But right now we're just going to cover some basic abilities. We're going to cover the first few levels of uh, each class. Uh, and I'm basically going to do my best at listing some of what they do really well. And if they're good for beginners, because there are some classes in D&D which have an awful lot behind them, so it depends on how much complexity and stuff that you're after. We'll do it in alphabetical order because that just makes things easier. So the first class we're going to look at is the Barbarian. The Barbarian is a martial class. There are quite a few of them, but this is the first one. Uh, their hit die, which is how you gener generate your health in the game, is a d12, which is also the highest it can be in the game. So Barbarians are really good at getting into a fight. They have a lot of health. They have really good strength. A lot of their abilities revolve around strength, and that's what we're about to get into. So... Like I said, they get a d12 plus uh, constitution uh, modifiers, which is how you figure out health in DD. So, and at higher levels, uh, at past the first level, you can choose to roll a d12 or just take 7 plus your constitution modifier, which is the highest above average that you will get uh, in any class. So, they are already on the, the, the pathway to, to having a big health pool, which is kind of important for a frontline fighter. 
They also get saving throws in strength and constitution. Every class gets uh, saving throws in two different skills. There tends to be a primary one, uh, like one that's used more often, and then a secondary one which is used less, of, less, less often. Uh, the primary ones are dexterity, constitution, and wisdom. Uh, those saving throws come up most in the game. And then strength, uh, intelligence, and charisma, they come up less, but those effects tend to be more restricting generally if you want uh you know a good example for that so they get strength which is one of the the lower ones uh, which plays into their attacks and stuff and constitution which is uh, an important one for all that kind of thing uh for their first ability they get rage which basically means that on their turn they can make themselves deal more damage when they're dealing with like a strength weapon so they can deal more damage and they get advantage on their strength tracks and saving throws when they're raging as well. They also get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage. Uh, and just to, you know, for new players, that's basically any weapon attack in the game will be one of those three, uh, three types of damage. So they have a big health pool. They have resistance to some of the most common weapon damages in the game. And they so they can soak up that damage really well and be a real threat. Uh, they also have a better way of making their armor class, which is how you decide how you get hit, uh, higher with their unarmored defense. Like uh, So they get armor class equal to 10, which is basic, plus your dexterity mod modifier, which is normal, but they also get to add their constitution modifier on there as well. So their armor class can still get pretty high, especially because you can still use a shield with this, and they can still soak up all that damage. At second level, they get an ability called Reckless Attack, which basically means that they can choose when they make their first attack on their turn if they have extra attacks because they do get extra attacks later they can choose to attack recklessly they get advantage on all their attacks but if they do that uh then every attack on them also has advantage until the until their next turn so it's kind of a way of getting big risk big reward you could do a lot more damage potentially roll that crit that you really need it's a really good thing. Danger Sense is their other second level ability, which basically gives them advantage on dexterity saving throws uh, against things that they can see, such as traps and spells and all that kind of thing. It's a really cool ability. Again, adds more survivability, especially against like fireballs or traps in dungeons or anything like that. Uh, at third level, they get to choose their primal path, which we'll only cover very basically because this isn't uh, uh, a super in-depth thing about the barbarian but basically the primal paths are the the way you flavor your barbarian at this level there's a few different ones there's like uh, ancestral guardian battle rager berserker totem warrior zealot the, the, there's a lot uh but basically all of them have a different kind of flavor to them depending on what kind of abilities you want some give some spell casting some like the storm herald are more elemental uh, and then some give you more resistances like the totem warrior so you can flavor it however you like uh then we get to ability score improvement which is fourth level and uh, every class gets these at fourth eighth twelfth sixteenth and nineteenth level so you every class gets at least five ability score improvements which is where you can up your your scores and stuff like your strength and constitution all that kind of thing uh fifth level they also get fast movement which means that they get faster they uh, gain 10 feet of moving speed uh which is always good to be able to get into the fight first uh they also 
get uh, extra attack at 5th level, which is fairly standard across the martial classes. At 5th level, you can attack twice instead of once when you take the, the attack action. There is also uh, the uh, Berserker uh, battle um, path, which we talked about. That one could also let you attack on your bonus action, allowing you to get three attacks in a turn. So whatever kind of flavor you want to go with it as a martial class, it's really good. You can soak up damage. You can uh, find ways to soak up even more damage if you'd like. Uh, fairly simple to figure out how to use the weapons and stuff. There's no in-depth spells with this class. And everything is fairly simple. I would say that the Barbarian is fairly good to start with. Uh, if you're into a martial class, it's a fairly good one to go with. The next one we're going to look at is the Bard. Now, the Bard is a little interesting as a spellcasting class, so... But the first ability is just spellcasting, they're a charisma class. They get some cantrips and they get some spell slots. Uh, what's important to know about uh, bards is they don't get very many cantrips, which is disappointing. And also with the spells, they don't prepare spells. Uh, some classes in D&D prepare spells, some have a list of spells known, which means that you can change them when you level up and stuff, but they don't alter day for today. Uh, and for the purpose of this, uh, this, this podcast, we're going to say that if they are a set list, which you get to know and then can change slowly, that's probably better for new players. And that's what bards fall into. Uh, first of all, they have four known spells, and it goes up slowly as they level up. And you can swap them out uh, when you level up as well. So if you choose, the, or so if you're starting not to like something, you can alter it. Uh, I think that's a really good way for newer people to get into spellcasting, as opposed to being presented with this massive list that they have to look at every day. So that's pretty good. Uh, they also get inspiration, which allows you to basically give people extra dice to add to their roles on a bonus action, which is really fun as a support ability. At second level, you get jack of all trades, which means that uh, if you're not proficient in an ability, you get a small bonus to it, which goes up as you level up. Uh, again, makes you really good at the support uh, role, especially outside of combat and all that kind of thing. Song of Rest, they get that as well, which uh, when people take short rest, they you can give them more hit points when they, when they roll for hit points. Again, at third level, we've got the Bard Colleges, uh, there's many different kind of ways that you want to go with it. There's Valor, Swords, which are good for if you want to be a martial bard, you can take those and get extra attacks and all that kind of thing. Then there are things like Law, which give you more spells and more options to use with your bardic inspiration, which is really cool. Uh, there's Glamour, Eloquence, there's a load of options. They all change little bits about the bard to flavor it how you want. They also get expertise at this level where they can choose two of their skills and just get double proficiency on them, which is super good. You just become really, really good at something. Uh, again, ability score improvement at, at fourth level. And at fifth uh, level, you actually get a really cool font of inspiration ability, uh, which means that uh, your inspiration was originally coming back on a long rest for the first few levels. When you hit this level, you actually get it back on a short rest, which is much better you can be more liberal with your inspiration and all that kind of thing. You also get your spells and at fifth level, you're getting fifth level spells, which is super good. Your bardic inspiration die also goes up at that level. So with bards, they are a good class uh, for beginners, I would say. They're a little bit more in depth than any martial class will be, but you learn everything slowly, nothing comes along too fast. I think if you're starting at level one, you should be okay. 
don't jump into it if they're already in the really high levels. That's all I'd say. Uh, the next class is the Cleric. Uh, the Cleric is an interesting class. Obviously, it's uh, about divine deities and all that kind of thing, which means there's definitely more to put into, you know, like learning about the classes and all that kind of thing. But they're a lot of fun. You pick a divine domain for how you want to do. There's a lot of divine domains to pick from, and you pick it at your first level. Uh, there's many, many to go through, like there's Arcana, Death, Forge, Grave, Knowledge, Life. There's a lot. There's, uh, they have the most domains of any, of any, uh, like any, most, uh, they have the, the biggest subclass of any class uh, options. Which is why I really wouldn't recommend them. I'm just going to say that now. I wouldn't recommend a cleric for a first time new player. There's an awful lot to to take in on that first level. Uh, they get a little bit of martial training. They have uh, channels of entities which change based on your domains. Uh, and you get divi divine domain features there as well. You get a lot of spells. Uh, again, at fifth level, you're casting third level spells and you also get an ability called destroy undead which is a for a universal form of dirt channel divinity which means you can destroy any really low level undead around you uh although that doesn't sound like there's a lot there you've got spell casting to manage you've got a divine a, a divine domain to pick out of a, a list of at least 15 plus that affects the spells that you can learn also you change your spells every day uh I also, also forgot about this, uh, is that you get a d8 on both the bard and the cleric uh, hit point, uh, hit die, so it's a little bit less than the barbarian, and uh, barbarian, sorry, uh, bards get dexterity and charisma save, so dexterity being the good one, charisma being the lower one, and uh, clerics get wisdom and charisma, wisdom being the good one, charisma being the, the less used one. So, Overall, clerics, there's an awful lot to take in with the cleric. It doesn't look like much on the page, but when you actually get into reading about it, there's an awful lot to learn. I personally wouldn't recommend it for a new player. That's just me. Uh, with the next class we have is the druid. Uh, the druid also has a d8 for their hit points. Uh, most classes tend to have d8, uh, but we'll get to the exceptions. They also get intelligence and wisdom. Again, wisdom being the good save and intelligence being the less used one. Again, uh, druids have their spell casting at first level. Um, they also prepare from a list every day. So again, it's a lot on new players. They also get a second level wild shape and they pick their, their druid circle. There aren't quite as many options for the circle or the, the subclass for the druids, but there's still an awful lot to read through there. And it's a lot earlier in the game than some other ones. Wild shape means you can change into different animals, which I mean, you can play that by ear, but you have to, uh, you know, do it by certain levels and all that kind of thing. So it's a bit difficult as well. You have to do a bit more reading into that. Uh, Wild Shake gets better at fourth level along with ability scores. Uh, there are less abilities because you're a full main caster, but you also have the added uh, task of reading through everything that comes from it. So druids are... Probably less taxing than clerics if you were looking for something a little bit more advanced. But uh, if you're looking for something very simple to get into the game, druids are not it. They're great classes, but simple they aren't. <laughs> uh, the next class we have is the fighter. 
The fighter is fairly good. Uh, the fighter has a D10 for their hit uh, hit die. So uh, in the middle ground between Barbarian and most of the classes. Definitely on the better side. Their saving throws are strength and constitution. Strength being the, the lesser one and constitution being the other one. Uh, fighters have uh, limited things that they get. But they have a lot of options to use it with. Uh, first level, they get to choose a fighting style out of a few different options, which can change how you choose to use your weapons and stuff. Uh, second level, they get... Uh, sorry, not second level. First level, they have second wind, which is a bonus action, which basically gives them a bit more health. So it's not too uh, difficult to learn. Second level, they get action surge, which means they can choose to take a, an extra action once, once uh, a short rest, which is super simple. Uh, martial archetype. There are a few martial archetypes to pick from. Uh, after those couple of levels, uh, they can really flavor how you want to go about with your character. Ability score improvement at fourth and extra attack at fifth level. Uh, so they they have a lot less to learn in that kind of regard. They can wear any type of armor, use any type of weapon. So whatever kind of idea you have for them. It's pretty good to, to be a fighter if you're looking for a fairly simple class, which can at least do something in combat. And you're a frontline fighter like like the Barbarian, so uh, you can also get high armor class and all that good stuff. Okay, so we have next the, the Monk class. Uh, the Monk... A fair, uh, are again another martial class as you probably figured out. They also have a d8 on their hit die. They get uh, strength and dexterity for their saving throws, so pretty easy. Uh, they also have unarmored defense like the barbarians do at first level, but they just get it from their dexterity and their wisdom, not their, not their constitution. They also have martial arts, which allows them to use dexterity for their weapon attacks and also for their like unarmed strikes and stuff. So there's a little bit of altering from the main rules there, but it's not too egregious that a new player wouldn't be able to 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 look at it. They at starting second level they get uh, a a pool of he, uh, key points, which can adjust uh, their abilities and stuff, which are all which there are three main abilities that they have at third uh, second level, so it's not too much uh, to learn about. They also get unarmored movement much earlier than the barbarian does, and that keeps going up as they level up. Uh, they have monostatic traditions or their subclasses. They have a, a few different ones to look through. They can definitely. Uh, change how you play and the flavor that you go with for your monk so it's pretty fun uh deflect missiles means that you can catch uh ranged weapon attacks which are fired at you and potentially throw them back if you reduce all the damage when you catch them ability score improvement at level four they also get an ability called slow fall at level four which means that if you're falling you reduce any damage you would take by your monk level uh and stuff like that. They also get extra attack at fifth level. So again, martial class not quite as frontliney as some of the other classes. Uh, their martial arts damage also goes up at fifth level. They also get extra attacks and all that kind of thing. So generally, they're a little bit more intense than perhaps the fighter or the barbarian. There's a bit more to take in when you're when you're leveling up, but they're still not terrible with how. With how like they are used in combat and all that kind of thing, they deal a decent amount of damage, and yeah, they are, I recommend them for uh, for a martial class. Uh, pretty much all the martial classes are fairly good for for newer players. 
Okay, so we have just done six out of the 12 classes and we are already 19 minutes in. Wow, that went fast. So now we're going to do our mid-roll. So I will be back in just a minute, guys, and then we will continue on with the last few classes. Uh, all right, see you in a sec, guys. Okay, hey guys, welcome to the mid-roll. So this week we are going to be talking about World Anvil first because that's what we normally do. World Anvil is the most robust campaign management software that is out there on the internet. Uh, a quote from our lovely director Logan who tested a lot of them when they were trying to plan out their West Marches campaign. Uh, they tested so many and when they found World Anvil they were convinced that it was the best tool for the job. It's great for campaign building, but world building in general, if you're writing stories or novels in a consistent universe, which you can adjust as things change. Uh, it's got uh, so many different features, they uh, update things so, so often. It's very robust. Most of their features are free, uh, and they do have a paid for version with uh, more in-depth features if that's what you're looking for. But we absolutely, absolutely recommend that you check out the free version as well as some of their other features if that appeals to you. All you need to do is go to worldanvil.com for that. Also, uh, talking about this week, we're going to talk about uh, Die Hard Dice. They make amazing, lovely dice. Uh, for mainly focusing on metal dice, but they do have their own polymer ranges. They do all their color testing in-house and they make their own molds, which are super readable. They have a great color range for whatever you're looking for with their single color and dual color series with the Spellbinders. Uh, they have great accessories like their scroll of rolling, which can hold two sets of dice and rolls ahead to be a portable dice mat, which is great for storage and for, transport and for transportation. It's super super good you can search their website through like class color price and everything else uh, it's super easy to find what you're looking for and if you do find something you'd like you can use the code keek thyself to get 15% off your first or next order that's 1515 and if you want to roll with the best all you need to do is go to dieharddice.com so a bit of a fast uh, mid-roll today just because we've still got six classes to look over and we're about to get back into it with the Paladin. Okay, see you in a sec guys. Okay, welcome back guys. We are now jumping into the last few classes which we're looking through. The first one of those being the Paladin. The Paladin is also a class that gets a D10 on their hit die. Their saving throws are Wisdom and Charisma again, so Wisdom being the good one, Charisma being the less used one. They have, they are, the Paladins are a little bit interesting with a mix of fighter abilities and a mix of limited spell casting. They get like Divine Sense and Lay on Hands at first level. Divine Sense basically lets them find uh, fiends, undead, celestials and that kind of thing. Lay on Hands gives them a small pool of healing power which goes up as you level up as Paladins. Uh, so it gives them an action heal, which is really nice, which is just a pool and not an extra spell to think about. Second level, they get a fighting style, like uh, fighters do. Basically all the same options. And they also get their limited spell casting at this point. Uh, Paladins don't actually have any cantrips, so you don't need to worry about that. And they don't have too many spell slots to, to worry about either. Uh, they only They don't go nearly as high as full casters do. And you don't get as many to prepare from. You still do have to prepare spells from a list every day. 
but this comes at the second level as opposed to the first level, which is a little easier for you to handle. Uh, a uh, you also at this level get Divine Smite, which is another way to use your spell slots to deal extra weapon damage. This is what a lot of paladins tend to do with their spell slots anyway. Uh, generally because it's a great way to do extra crit damage because you can choose to spend these after you have crit which means you can do so much damage with Divine Smite. Divine Health is their third level ability which allows them to be immune to disease which is fun. They also at that level get their Sacred Oaths which is their form of their subclass which gives them extra tenants to listen to and specific spells from other lists that the apply to that oath and it also affects their their divine smite uh, and that kind of thing depending on which one you pick there's a fairly small list so it's not too difficult to make those decisions but yeah you get extra oath spells based on that which are automatically uh prepared and all that kind of thing so it's a nice little bonus thing for your list uh they also get their ch they also get a channel divinity same as uh uh clerics do they just get it later at fourth level uh, and that depends on your oath again. Uh, abilities score improvement at fourth level, like with uh, every other class, and they also get an extra attack feature at fifth level. So they are very much a meld of a limited caster and a fighter. They are definitely frontline. They have a lot of fun abilities that you can look at and enjoy. I would recommend these again as something that you can start with if you're looking for something a little bit more complex but not too much it's a great class i really enjoy paladin so yeah now we're going to move on to the ranger the ranger as well gets a d10 uh for their hit die they also get the same with those in strength and dexterity again strength being the weak one dexterity being the stronger uh Rangers tend to get quite a bit, and they're very similar to the Paladin in that they get spells from their second level onwards. Uh, they also get favoured enemies and natural explorers, so they can pick elements of the world at first level, which they are better in or better at fighting. So there's a little bit of prior knowledge that's needed, but there is uh, examples of things that you can pick in the list, so you don't need to go too far for them. Again, second level gives them a fighting style and spellcasting with limited spell slots and all that good stuff. They don't get smites, but they do get bonus action spells that are uh, a little, uh, are kind of similar, but they're not quite the same. You do also prepare from a list daily with the with the rangers so that's another uh, thing to be considerate about. Uh, they also at third level get their uh, their uh, ranger archetype or their subclass there aren't that many for rangers so you can definitely find something that you'd like and all of them have a very different approach to how you want you can get animal companions you can be more uh nature based uh, or more feywild based and all that kind of thing uh you also get primeval awareness which is where you can focus on whether you have any of your favorite enemies are in that area and all that kind of thing uh at fourth level, again, ability score improvements, and fifth level gives them an extra attack. They're very, very similar to Paladins, except they don't get smites to use their spell slots a little bit more efficiently. Uh, I think they're a little bit more complex than Paladins, just for that reason that you need to know more about their spells to be able to do effective things with their spell slots. But they're, again, a good class for beginners who maybe want something a little bit more complex in their game, but yeah. 
uh, certainly not super, super hard to get on with. The next class we have is the Rogue class. Rogues have a D8 for their hit die, so they're fairly standard in that regard. They get Dexterity and Intelligence saving throws, which is always fun. They also get Thieves tools as a tool which they just have, which is fun, which makes sense for a Rogue. Rogues, are they get expertise at first level for some of their skills. Again, same as Bards just earlier, which makes them just good at things. They also get Sneak Attack, which is extra damage to one attack per turn, uh, which... Uh, the it's sneak attack is not too difficult to understand. Uh, there are a few conditions where you can get sneak attack, and they're all explained within within the small uh, block of sneak attack. And your sneak attack damage goes up. Uh, if, if you haven't guessed, uh, the rogue is a martial class at this point. They also get a special thieve language called thieves cant, which means they can talk to other thieves and all that kind of thing. Uh, second level, they get cunning action, which means they can use some actions as a bonus action like dash, disengage, and hiding uh, to give themselves uh, advantage on attacks and all that kind of thing, again for their sneak attack. At third level they get their subclass, there's a few to pick from, there's a couple which give you magic uh, abilities, there's a few that just improve your, your thievery skills, there's a few that improve your damage, uh, and then there's uh, different flavour ones like Swashblocker, if you want it to be more of a C-based rogue. Uh, ability scores, they get fourth level like all of them uh, they also get an extra one at 10th level uh, they get more than every other class except the fighter so they have a great options to get feats and make their skills as as good as they can at fifth level they don't get an extra attack they actually get uncanny dodge which means that they can actually reduce the damage by half on, a rea on their reaction to an attack uh, rogues tend to only get one attack maybe an extra bonus action attack if they take it but they have their sneak attack damage to make up for it uh, rogues are super fun at early levels to learn from they do get fun abilities later on as well and their archetypes give them uh, a lot of other things to be working with I think rogues are great for new players they are fun just maybe don't go too edgy with them <laughs> okay uh, I really like them they get better and better, their damage output just keeps up with the rest of them as long as you can get that sneak attack off. Uh, you can also get sneak attack off if you take an attack of opportunity on someone else's turn. So don't forget that if you do take to, if you do want to be a rogue. The, the, we're now down to the three classes. Uh, first one of these is my personal favourite class, the Sorcerer. The Sorcerer, uh, they get their spellcasting and their subclass at first level. Uh, they have not too many to look through. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, they have a they have just under ten. So there's definitely a little bit to look through there, depending on what you want to look at. Uh, they do get the most cantrips of all the casters to start with, uh, and then they are a full fledged caster. Though they are like the bard, where they know spells and don't prepare spells daily, so you can swap out spells as you level up and all that kind of thing. So they're light on the information that you have to look at every day. There's just a bit of uh, information at the start. They only get a d6 on their health because they just do. <laughs> uh, they get uh, um, the two main caster classes uh, are the ones that get that. Clerics of the uh, clerics of the obsession with the uh, exception with a d8. Uh, they have saving throws of Constitution and Charisma. So Constitution should mean their good one, and Charisma being their less used one. Uh, 
they yep they have their cantrips and they have their spells and their spellcasting ability is charisma which is fun if you want to be an rp character which is yep uh they have to pick their sorcerer's origin at first level and then you get abilities from that at later levels and all that kind of thing uh second level you get a another thing to keep track of are sorcery points which go up as you level up you get one per level from this point and you can use them to create spell slots at this level uh which is on a chart uh, that's all you can really do with them at this level. They actually get more options at the second level, uh, second level, third level, uh, with meta magic, which you can pick from a list of uh, spell enhancements that cost sorcery points, depending on what you like to take. Uh, I love meta magic as an option. It doesn't overwhelm you with all of them. You but you just pick two and you gain them slowly as you level up past then. I love uh, the the ability to change your spells and stuff like that, but whether that's good for a newer player who doesn't know what the the initial spells do, maybe not. But it's definitely an option. Ability score improvement at fourth level, and at fifth level they don't get anything special, but they do get their third level spell slots like most casters. Sorcerers are fun. They don't have as much to learn from in the fact of spells known and all that. But they do have a little bit more uh, to think about with meta magic and all that kind of thing. So while they're not too complex, they do have some elements of complexity if you're just starting out. So I'd put them on the, if you're looking for a bit more complexity level, then just super good for a new class. The next one we have is the Warlock. The Warlock is, again, a D8 for their hit points. Uh, D8 is the, the regular one. For most classes, they have Wisdom and Charisma saves, which is pretty good. Uh, they get two cantrips at their first level, and they again they know spells just like the Sorcerer does, which go up slowly as you level up. Uh, they also have to pick a patron at this level, uh, like their subclass. There's uh, about ten of them to pick from as well, so. Uh, yeah, so there's a bit of reading to do there, but then you can flavor it however you're looking to flavor a warlock, which is, excuse me, which is super fun. Uh, they also at this level get packed magic, which is a little different to regular magic. Basically, your spell slots are very well, very much more limited than other classes, but you get them back on a short rest and not a long rest. Uh, and you also cast spells at the highest possible level that you can cast them at, and those are your spell slots. You start with one at first level and then it goes up to two and stays at two for a fairly long time. So you can do a little bit of spellcasting, but it's limited uh, per long uh, per, per your short rest and all that kind of thing. But they do get better uh, as they do level up at the same levels as other classes do. Uh, so yeah, they they also have Eldritch Invocations, which you know more and more as you level up. You get them some uh, from like other abilities that you're about to pick. So, but these give you abilities and spells and effects and stuff that you can choose to equip to yourself just if you want them. There's a fairly long list of them, and there's quite a few um actual like prerequisites on some of them so there's a bit of information to go through there uh, at third level you get a packed boon which which gives you three choices from ones that you'd like uh and that 
yeah, so there's three different choices. They all give you different things. Blades uh, basically let you be more of a, a martial warlock, and then there's uh, the tome for the spells, and then there's a chain for getting familiars and all that kind of thing. So there's a few different options there. Uh, not quite as much uh, as in the ev evocations and stuff. And at fifth level, you don't get anything special. Uh, you just get your third level spells. Uh, but so yeah, uh, and then fourth level, you get your ability score improvement like normal. Warlocks are definitely complex in certain ways and simple in others. They don't have too many spell slots and you know your spells, but you also get your invocations that you have to go through very fairly quickly and you have to go through and pick a patron and then you have to pick a pack boon and that can affect some of the invocations you take. So there's an awful lot going on behind the scenes with warlocks. Uh, they are definitely more complex than some other classes, so I'd probably lean them away from like closer to maybe not suitable for a newer player. But if you again like a challenge and you want to and you have a great idea for someone who who get that who has their power bestowed onto them, uh, then great. Uh, enjoy your warlocking. The final class we're going to look at is the wizard. Probably the most iconic class of D&D, just because it's a wizard. They also, the other class with a D6 for their health. Uh, they get intelligence and wisdom saves, which is super fun. Intelligence being the less common and wisdom being the more common. Uh, wizards don't exactly get too much in regards to their uh, class features. They get three cantrips uh, to start with, and then they get spell slots you do prepare from a list uh, from your spell book. So it's not quite as long of a list as the other classes, but there certainly is a much bigger list to pick from for your spell book. So it's a list into a list into what you can prepare. So it's a bit confusing to start with. At second level, you'll pick your arcane tradition, which there's a tradition for every type of magic in the game. There's also war magic and a lot of other ones. There's an awful lot to look at and different options that give you different abilities from there. Uh, that's pretty much all you really get at early levels for, for wizard, apart from more spells and more spell slots, obviously, uh, up until fifth level where you get your, your third level spells. Wizards are fun, but there's an awful lot of reading and going through big lists and choosing what you'd like to take as spellbook spells to then prepare later. Uh, and then they have ritual casting and stuff like that, which is uh, a different thing altogether. There's an awful lot to learn with them. Oh, sorry. I also missed their first level ability of Arcane Recovery, which on a short rest, they can get some of their, their spell slots back or equivalent spell slots and stuff like that. Uh, wizards are definitely very complex. Uh, they can be very hard, especially for new players. Uh, but if you want to play the intelligence-based caster of D&D, &D, uh, that's them. They have a lot going for them. They have a, they have much more versatility than most of the classes. They obviously don't have healing or much healing because that's uh, for the uh, for the uh, for for the cleric. Yeah, I, I couldn't get that out. So, uh, in sort of summary, because yeah, we are at thirty eight minutes. Wow, barbarians, super super good for for new players. Bards are on the same kind of level, a bit more complex, but still good. Clerics are very com very complex, along with druids, so probably not recommended. Fighters and monks, 
really good. Super simple abilities you can learn as you go and not too bad. Paladins and Rangers, same kind of thing with there being slightly more complex, but definitely nothing that you couldn't get through with a bit of work. Rogues are simple and fun. Uh, sorcerers are towards the uh, a bit of a challenge but can be fun warlocks are probably um, warlocks and wizards are probably more towards the advanced side of the game huh that's a lot of talking i hope some of this helped with you picking some of your first classes in dnd uh don't be like me who picks a caster class at the first time and isn't really sure what they're doing when they're introduced into a level seven game oh also yeah all of this advice is from characters starting at first level if you're starting at higher levels it's obviously going to be much harder to get into the mindset of all the levels you've missed so uh i would recommend starting low level parties with some of the easier classes and you should have a great time i hope you all enjoy your DD adventures what you end up taking and stuff like that and yeah let us know uh what you end up playing if you end up playing anything uh we are in the nerdsmith discord discord both myself and heather which you can find at nerdsmith.org uh, there is a <clears throat> a geek thyself chat which would love some love if you would love to, uh, if you wanted to go and chat with us about uh, your favorite classes and how like our first sessions and stuff go. Uh, with all that being said, though, I am going to head off for the week and then we will be back next week, hopefully with both myself and Heather for for our next topic. Uh, have a good week in between then. Stay safe and yeah. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.